Hello, it's Richard Herring here. Welcome to my podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. And my stand-up tour is about to begin. Can I have my ball back? First stand-up tour in six years. Many of you just know me from the podcast. Don't know, I've done 14 or 15 stand-up tours in my own right. I'm a brilliant stand-up comedian. And can I have my ball back? I think it's my best show ever. That's what the audiences are saying. It's about testicular cancer, but it's funny because testicles are funny, even though cancer isn't. Uh, I'm really pleased with it. I'd love you to come and see it. Bring your friends. Some of the shows selling really well. Some of them selling really badly. It's a traditional Richard Herring tour. But here's where I'm going to be. 2nd of May, Thursday at the Luton Hat Factory. It's a small venue, but there are still tickets left. 3rd of May, I'm at the Berry Hedge End, which is near Southampton. That's looking more full, but still some availability. 8th of May, I'm at the Leicester Square Theatre. There's about 10 tickets left for that one, though I am back at the Leicester Square Theatre in June. And then I'm at St Albans on the 9th, Gloucester on the 10th. Chorley Little Theatre on the 11th, that's sold out, but you can join the waiting list. And then the 12th of May, I'm at Glasgow, afternoon show sold out. Evening show, extra show, put on, still with tickets. And then there's lots more. Go to richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs. And now enjoy whatever podcast I've given you. It's free. It's all for you. If you want to pay me back, buy a book, come and see a show. That's all I've got to say to you. Love you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, my finest friends. Welcome to another Rahalastapra Book Club. Uh, this week we are discussing Into the Uncanny, a book by the wonderful Danny Robbins, who is joining me now. Hello, Danny. Lovely to see you again. Hello. It's good to be here. Yeah, lovely. Um, look, this is uh, obviously you've kind of we we talked to you during uh, lockdown, I think, didn't we, for regular Rahalastapra, and uh, we've discussed it. But you've made the supernatural into your little niche, <laughs> niche of the world. And, and you're the perfect person to do it, I think. I was th- this this book is, I said to you before, and it was absolutely gripping. I kind of was, uh, I was on holiday when I read it, but I kept on, like when everyone was asleep, I went back to it because I really wanted to find out what happened next. But you, because you are, uh, you're, you're neither a sceptic or a believer, really. I mean, slightly maybe more than the sceptic. You are good at finding the humour in it, but equally you are good at finding the scariness in it. So you sort of turn out to be the perfect person to explore this. <laughs> That's very good. I, I mean, I definitely straddle. I, I, I have a foot in both camps. And, mm. um, and I think that's important, I think, for the way 
I look at it. I sort of feel like if I'd had my own experience, people often ask me, have you seen a ghost? I haven't. If I'd had that, I think I wouldn't have the necessary objectivity. But at the same time, I sort of sometimes feel that the the thing that annoys believers about skeptics is the idea of the kind of one size fits all explanation that you have this kind of menu of explanations to choose from <laughs> sleep uh, paralysis, hallucinations, infrasound, carbon monoxide, poisoning, all these sort of things. And, and you don't really look at the details of the case. You just have to say, well, it must be that it must be yeah. that. And actually what I love to do is plunge into the minutiae of these human stories. I see, see them as human dramas. And, um, and I think for me, I guess the thing that I feel like, the, the difference in my approach, I suppose, from most paranormal things that have come before is that people have been very obsessed with places. People are obsessed by haunted castles and pubs and that kind of thing. And actually, I'm really interested in people. I'm interested in the fact that this person had a bizarre, frightening, life-changing experience. And in in a way, it doesn't matter to me if it's ghosts or not. I mean, it does on a huge level because I'm desperate to prove the existence of ghosts. But I, I think it's equally fascinating whichever way you go. And I think that's why skeptics can read this book or yeah. listen to my programs and enjoy it. Because whether it's the how done it or the who done it, you know, if, if you're trying to prove the environmental and psychological factors or you're trying to prove who the ghost is, it, it's still a fun detective story for you to go on, I think. Yeah, and I think I know. I I would have also put myself in the skeptical camp, but I would re- like you. I would love it to be true, and like you. And I think maybe people of our generations and around our generations, we had so many childhood books. You mentioned the Usborne books uh, in your book, but uh, there were so many st- of those kind of ghost stories and UFO stories. Uh, and you kind of really wanted them to be true. It was partly why w- one of my first radio shows was uh, Lionel Nimrod's An Inexplicable World, and that was down to my sort of um, you know, I was fascinated by by it all. Did sort of didn't believe it, but really wanted to believe it, and sort of and, and with religion as well. I think a little bit. You partly, you know, you were scared of it. You wanted it to be true. You were scared about whether it was going to be true. Uh, and so, yeah. So it really, uh, I think, yeah, you're right. I think if, if you are a skept, complete skeptic, you'll still enjoy these your podcasts and the books. Uh, and if you are a complete believer, you will really enjoy <laughs> them as well. <laughs> I think definitely. I think, I think there's a real nostalgia for that period when the imagination seemed limitless, and you know you, you had ghosts and UFOs and cryptids and yetis and Loch Ness monsters and all those kind of things. And I think we've been through a period of time where the parameters of our imagination were very prescribed. You know, where we had uh, you know Harry Potter and the Avengers and stuff, and all these kind of things that sort of set some sort of limits for the universe and created all the characters we needed. And actually, I think now kind of going back to that, um, the the kind of glorious uncertainty of it all, I I guess, you know, the kind of the the sense that outside the realms of our understanding of the world, there might be these fascinating, scary shadows. I, I, I I can certainly see a real nostalgia for that in the audiences who come to my pods, you know, I think it's, it's what kind of burns in me. And, you know, someone sent me this amazing old, um, collection of ghost stories the other day with this brilliant article in it called is your child's friend a ghost yes <laughs> all, all, about, all about how um, you know like your imaginary friend could be a ghost but i, I think you know i i we're definitely living through a moment where we are interested in the paranormal again in a kind of with an intensity i guess that i don't think we have had for quite a while and i, and I personally think it comes out of periods of great uncertainty and chaos in our world. I think if you look at the post 
First World War, post-Second World War, the 60s, that time of huge change and chaos, you know, massive interest in the paranormal, the occult, great kind of era for horror movies. And I think it's, you know, it's there now. And I think, you know, the more disenchanted we become with our world, the more we go looking for another world out there somewhere else, you know, and you see it in the kind of rise of interest in space travel at the moment. You know, we're trying to get back into space because we're fucking up our own planet, you know. And we, um, and you know, the ghosts and um, UFOs kind of interest is absolutely part of that. I think that desire to step outside of our reality into another one. Yeah, I and mean, that's what that's you know again both the podcast and the book is is you know your you you do kind of encompass that that you're looking into the psychology of it as well as as well as whether whether it's true or not uh you know and I guess you never you you pick very good cases and all the cases in this book uh into into the uncanny are new ones that you haven't done on the podcast before right yeah totally that they're all brand new that they all come yeah. from emails that people have sent me over the last few years and I guess the thing that I felt really strongly about when doing these things, I mean, because I'm, you know, they've got this autumn coming up where I'm doing a book, a TV series, a podcast and a tour. And I just felt like repetition dulls and there's nothing exciting about hearing a ghost story you've heard before. Yeah. You know, so I felt like each one, I wanted it to be different and to have you guessing and being gripped until the end. And so, you know, the book is totally new cases. The tour is totally new cases. The TV series are totally new cases. And, and I just think, you know, it's very easy you know, you, you, podcasts are remade as books and TV series and films and all sorts of things at the moment. But, you know, you, you hear the story in the podcast and then when you hear it again somewhere else, you're just hearing it in a different way with pictures or whatever. And it's not as exciting, I think, you know. So so for me, it felt very important to have kind of brand new content in each one. I mean, they're very, very strong. They're all very strong stories, as I'll have to say. So it, it is impressive. I mean, you're obviously getting lots of stuff in. Uh, but all, all of the, so within, I mean, you concentrate on the three or four main, main stories, uh, in this. So there's a poltergeist in Rome. There's, uh, ghost horses in, uh, running through people's houses, uh, Ouija boards and, um, a story I think I remember from one of those childhood books of the, of the policeman coming across the UFO in the road in the snow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's, we've got a new UFO story in this, um, in this book, but it but it kind of leads me into an old one as well, one that we yeah. did cover in the podcast, the, the Todmorden story about Alan Godfrey, the policeman in uh, Todmorden, New Yorkshire, who had this very strange experience and has become one of the kind of most well-known cases in the UK, I guess, or certainly mm-hmm. one of the kind of most significant. But yeah, but the, but the story that leads me into it in the book is this bizarre and completely new story about this guy in Middlesbrough That's witnessing right, yeah. something truly kind of <laughs> terrifying uh, on his street and then also kind of feeling that he's having contact with things up in the sky above him and I think you know UFOs is something that I wasn't as interested in as ghosts kind of growing up I think you know and it's something that I felt maybe I dismissed more easily but actually as I've been doing the pods I've been sent a lot of UFO stories as well and I've realized that they have the same impact really on people and you could describe yes. them as UFO hauntings they leave people haunted they leave people searching for answers in the same way as the ghost hauntings do and I think you know now absolutely with the the interest coming out of all the stuff in America the Pentagon hearings there's this burning desire for answers and um so it felt totally right to do a UFO story in in this book 
Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. And, you know, and I suppose UFO stories are even skeptics can say, well, that might be, <laughs> that, you know, it's possible. It's more than possible that there are aliens, whether they could make it to here and, uh, you know, and whether they hatch out of a, uh, an egg or whatever it was that happens in that story in front of your face. I mean, uh, yeah. So, you know, that, that is, it is, it is interesting to connect them. And also the story that connect the, the Rome poltergeist connects everything with religion as well, very, uh, very strongly, which again is, is the same impetus, isn't it? It's believing Ooh. in forces beyond our understanding. I think also, yes, but also trying to make sense of death as well. I think, you know, yeah. like every religion ever founded has tried to answer the question about what happens to us when we die. And that, that's absolutely what uh, ghost stories are trying to do as well. And I think, you know, whether it's conscious or unconscious, I think all of us are probably driven. You know, our interest in ghosts is driven by that desire for death not to be the end. I think, you know, yeah. um, it certainly is with me, you know, and I, and I talk about this in the book about how, you know, I had a chronic fear of death at one at one time in my life, um, you know, when I was kind of in the grip of anxiety and um, and the, the idea of ghosts offering optimism and hope and, you know, proof that death is not the end is, is a huge, huge motivator for me, I think. And, and religion as well. I mean, that, that's another thing that I cite in the book as, a, as an influence. But I think, you know, gr- growing up an atheist with Catholic grandparents and feeling the sense that you that you might have made a mistake, you know, that, yes. you know, what, what if your parents got it wrong? What if, you know, you should have been in that club, you know? And, um, and I, I think I was really, really enthralled to that for a long time, wondering if there was something out there that I was missing out on. And I think as time went on, it definitely became ghosts rather than God, you know, ghosts became the kind of receptacle for my interest in belief. But I, I, I think that, you know, I mean, you might remember I did that um, sitcom about monks, you know, hey, hey, oh, yes. we're the monks, you know, we, we did two, two ill-fated pilots of it, but, but some people may, you know, the more hardcore comedy aficionados may have come across. But, but, um, but you know, I, I went to monasteries for that, researching that, and I, I've, I've kind of tapped into religion a few times in my life and the occult and all these kind of things. I, I just think I am fascinated by belief, what makes people believe, because to me, it feels like there must be some experience or evidence at the heart of that because pure belief without any reason feels mad (laughs) you you need some sort of evidence on on which to base your beliefs I think and so the idea that somebody has had an experience that allows them that kind of legitimizes belief in ghosts or belief in gods just fascinates me yeah no it is it is very interesting but I wonder you know it's uh, when I asked the question on my podcast, have you ever seen a ghost? It seems to fairly fall down the lines of people who <laughs> I can usually guess who's seen a ghost based on what I imagine their mental state is. is, what, <laughs> is what say. So the more the slightly more, you know, the comedians who are slightly more out there and flighty and uh, you can sort of say, I bet you've seen a ghost. Uh, and the ones that are kind of a bit more logical, you think, I think you probably haven't seen a ghost. And I wonder how it's, it's interesting, isn't it? How much of it there's, there comes from just you know a, a, a mental issue or a, a drug issue or a sleep issue or an alcohol issue, uh, but then it's but equally it's interesting in these stories, most of them have some kind of backup from somewhere you know f- from somewhere else. So the the opening story where the contents of a fridge in Rome keep on getting moved across, you know that could be a guy going into some kind of sleep state and doing it himself or it could be again the girls in the flat doing it very subtly and cleverly somehow but different people have experienced that same thing and it's hard to explain how that 
that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting. You, you're talking about that idea of the, the type of person who sees a ghost. And I, I, I definitely had that in my head at one point. But I think that doing what I've done over the last few years has kind of destroyed that stereotype yeah. for me. And I, I think that we've, through the podcast, we've certainly found that there is no type of person. And the, and the stories that have set my pulse racing most have been the ones that come from the person who says, I don't believe in ghosts, <laughs> yes. but I have seen a ghost, you know. And, and that that's sort of become you know, the kind of uncanny benchmark in a way that you, you want the sceptic who has the road to Damascus conversion. And and yeah, I mean, I think clearly the multiple witnesses thing is the thing that really feels very convincing. And, um, you know, we've had these cases on the pod, like the Room 611 case, um, where this guy was living in a student hall of residence bedroom, had these strange experiences, discovered that people the year before and the year after had had them. And then when it went out on air, suddenly loads of other people came forward to say they'd had these experiences. And suddenly you feel like, you know, this is a phenomenon. You have something here that merits massive investigation. So I think, you know, in the, in the book, each of the cases, you know, that that there, there, it's sort of, it's this sort of six degrees of separation. You start to find like, you know, one person leads to another and the, the, the case spreads out and you start to find more and more people who've had these experiences connected to this place. And and exploring that idea of whether, you know, some of us are more receptive to things, you know, whether there is that, that you know, idea of us being like a radio able to tune into things, you know, that, that you know, may, maybe different people can enter places and some will experience stuff, stuff, something and some won't. Yeah, well, you know, and, and and there are definitely, you know, we're even as much as the human race has managed to understand an, an amazing amount about the, the place we live in, the universe we live in. There's a lot of things we don't understand. We don't understand why we're here at all, really. We don't understand how life starts. So, you know, the, the, the stuff you say about, like, emo, you know, emotions and you talk about uh, whether... Um, rooms can sort of become you know videotape which is is maybe a bit out there but you you don't know what you know that the, an, an emotion is an energy uh and energy isn't destroyed you know so th- there may be some way that something from the past can hang around into the future you know it's not beyond the realms of science i would say I, I think you know I, I, what i've always enjoyed is like laying everything out on the table and exploring it and and yeah. and keeping an open mind, uh, I think, th- throughout and kind of listening to stuff, but at the same time, not being credulous and not jumping on certain things. You know, like, you know, in, in the book, I talk about stone tape theory and I have a quantum physicist explaining why stone tape theory can't exist. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that on most haunted, you know. Um, but um, I, um, I, I, think, I think it's important to kind of explore all these different things and kind of probe each one and see kind of how it stands up to a bit of interrogation. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel acutely that I love the idea that we have not discovered everything there is to discover. And yeah. I think about the excitement of the Victorian era discovering, you know, cures for diseases and electricity and new species. And, you know, to to have that thrill of being at the, the forefront of something, a, a new frontier. I, you know, I, I love that idea and, and sort of plugging in, I guess, to that kind of golden age of 1930s ghost hunters like Harry Price, you know, that, that kind of... um excitement where where being a ghost hunter was a bit like indiana jones you know kind of you know that that kind of exciting slightly gung-ho we're gonna 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 try and crack this mystery um and i i love all that but um but yeah i don't know i mean ultimately each of these stories that i'm told boils down to a moment where a, a skeptic you know often a scientist says this can't happen and the person 
the witness at the heart of it says it happened to me you know yeah. and 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 it's very hard to reconcile that you know and it, it's um you know it, it's a kind of like you know, you know you had to be there kind of thing but <laughs> yeah. but but actually uh, you know these these stories kind of transcend that and go beyond that because there's so many different witnesses coming to the table I think and you know there's a lot of evidence that accumulates but but it's a really interesting dilemma that and I think it's that, that how do we as a society as a people kind of deal with that kind of thing where you know like somebody has had this profound experience and you know we try and debunk it we try and sort of dismiss it and yet, and yet you know the profundity of what happened to them is so intense that they they, they cannot possibly reconcile this I did one story for um my first podcast series, Haunted, about this guy who'd had this kind of dreamlike vision. And he was this totally sensible, rational guy, this kind of advertising exec uh, in his 50s, I think, by that time. Really kind of, you know, kind of sensible guy. And he just could not move beyond the fear that he felt in that moment. It was so terrifying to him that it felt like it had to be real. And even though every rational bit of him told him it must be a dream, it must be sleep related, he could never accept that. And, it, and it, it never provided the answer that would give him peace because it had been so terrifying. He couldn't, he couldn't ever kind of um, put a lid on that fear. Yeah, and you, and there must be. There's an answer to all that. That's what, it, what, as you say, it doesn't matter what's true and what isn't true. There is a reason uh, that these things are happening, even if it turns out to be, you know, internalized or you know. The power plant is, is is frying people's brains or whatever. There is a reason, and so science should be there to try and work it out. I mean, either psychologically or 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 whatever, or if there's if there is a, a, a like a physical cause of it, or even if it's beyond that. And you know, as you say in the book, we we're you know, science is finding new things all the time, things on a on a micro level that uh, seem impossible to us. And and I think you know, physics is getting to the point where the stuff that they, they come out with is weirder than religion and, and ghost stories. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. totally. I, I had a really interesting conversation with a physicist for my TV series about how it was possible to tra- travel in time. And, and it was so <laughs> complicated and confusing that I can't quite get my head around it. But basically, something to do with traveling out of space and going at light speed. You know, if you'd done that, if you'd gone at light speed, you would come back and you would be the same age as people that you've grown up with and yet they would be older than you and it was you know like it was a way to kind of travel through time but you know yeah. certainly f- physics has you know all this kind of dark energy dark matter you know kind of you know uh, things that are absolutely kind of bizarre and strange in their own way um i i think yeah i, I don't know i mean i i just think that the possibility of ghosts existing is hugely exciting and i and i think that you know, approaching the stories as a skeptic, you you know, they're brilliantly gripping stories where it's like an Agatha Christie, where you've got this kind of room full of suspects. And, you know, it could be, could it be infrasound? Could it be, you know, the underground river? Could it be all these kind of things? You know, but I think, you know, introducing that idea that one of the suspects is is a ghost, that this could all be real, just for me adds that incredible frisson of, of you know, something that changes our entire view of the universe. And I feel that the more that, I have been sent these stories and the more that I have told these stories and the more that I have been unable to provide answers for these mysteries, the, the more I feel open to that being a potential solution. I, you know, I, I sort of feel, you know, absolutely divided down the middle, but I just, I, you know, I just love, you know, I feel like this kind of, you know, head rush, this kind of, you know, my heart starts beating faster when I think about that possibility. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, and you're managing not to go down the rabbit hole. The danger of these things, I suppose, is just... Uh, you know, my theory, which is is a rabbit hole theory, which if you started really believing it would lead to some terrible places, uh, is the obvious thing that we're kind of living in a simulation and that any ghosts or anything like this happening is just a, you know, it's a shoddy simulation. Someone's put this together <laughs> to, uh, and, and we, we think we're living in it and just there's glitches and things from the past appear that shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know, but if you start if you start going down that rabbit hole, then you start believing some terrible and weird things. And you manage to... Keep yourself, I think, so far, I would say, Danny, you seem to have, have, have kept yourself anchored on the in reality as well as as well as yeah. opening your mind to this. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I deal in the very domestic and the mundane, really. Like, I sort of feel like, you know, th- these stories take place in very ordinary houses to very ordinary people. And, and I'm often really fascinated by just the sheer kind of the really mundane details. I mean, I, I talk about this in the book, but, you know, the idea of, you know, a cardigan going missing, you know, like, you know, one, one of the, one of the freakiest stories I, I mentioned it in the book, one of the freakiest stories that somebody told me was about taking off his jeans, putting them onto a chair, turning around. When he turned back, the jeans were no longer there. They disappeared. He was the only person in his house. There were no windows open, nothing around him. His jeans just disappeared from that chair. Where did they go? He never found them again. You know, I did just something about it. I, I, I think, you know, it sounds silly. It sounds almost comic, but it is impossible. And as soon as you are open to the idea of the impossible, and that that feels like a wonderful helter skelter ride, you know. But um, I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I I for me, fear comes from the real. I always think you know the the, the things that feel most real feel the most frightening to me. That the the one of the um, horror movies that has freaked me out the most in recent times is the Babadook, which I don't know if you you've seen or anyone's seen, seen, but it's this brilliantly kind of real thing about a mother and her child uh, stuck in a house together. And, you know, are they being haunted by some horrible, horrific spirit that has leapt out of the pages of the child's book? Or is it all in her mind? And is she going mad? You know, and and it's utterly terrifying because of that uncertainty, I think. And so I I guess, you know, with all these stories, I try and 
really kind of lean into that uncertainty, that realness. And, and you know, the fact that we are not sure, the fact that you're never certain if it's a ghost and it could, it could, it could be one of many different things, I think just creates this kind of unsettling climate of, of doubt and uncertainty. Yeah. And, you know, as you say, I think it is escapism. It's really, the book is really good fun. I love the fact that you, you know, you'll, you'll ramp up the tension when needed, but equally you're very happy to throw in sometimes very silly jokes and footnotes that are just enjoyable. So it's never, you know, it's not, I I never got to the stage where I was in my own in bed reading it thinking, oh my God, I'm so terrified. I was laughing, and, <laughs> but, but I was also gripped by it. Uh, but, you know, it's it's just exactly the right tone for an escapist, thing where exactly you kind of just want to see what happens with this what I love about you is that you'll you know you really investigate things properly so in this book you go to I mean the Rome one is probably the the big the big story and the and almost probably the most inexplicable story yeah Um, yeah. uh, but you go to the plate the various places in in Rome where where the situations happen that's where I blew my travel budget (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my, my, the Ryanair tickets on that, I can tell you. <laughs> but it's a you know, it's a lot of a lot of people would be tempted to go. Oh, I can just sit back. This is a, this is an easy job. I can look up some old ghost stories and get some emails. I can turn this into a book. It feels like you're really committed. You, I mean, you really want to to find out. You really want to experience. I mean, I presume you're going to Rome because you really want to see these things happen in front of your eyes. Yeah, totally. T- totally. I sort of feel like, you know, I-, I would be doing this even if I wasn't sort of making the pods or, or writing stuff. I think it's just, um, yeah, I- you know, it- it's that excitement. You know, you-, you must feel this at times as well. Like that that feeling of, like, I, ca- I guess you could call it play, you know, it's that, that sort of childlike kind of thing, that, that <laughs> childlike desire for fun, you know. It's- to me, this feels incredibly exciting. I feel like I'm on an adventure. And, um, and yes, there's a kind of really serious point to it and and it, and it for me personally that it sort of feeds into all sorts of kind of quite serious personal moments I've had in my life that give me this kind of desire to to have answers on it but but uh, you know it it feels like an adventure and, and I think adventures are fun and and uh, hopefully they're fun to go on yourself but also fun to read about fun to experience vicariously yeah well you know it, it is uh, as I say it's great that you found this niche you obviously written uh, 222 a ghost story you've got all the uncanny and the Batsy poltergeist which uh, we've talked about before which uh, people should really uh, get into um yeah it's it's um it, it, is it just limitless do you think are you are you, are you going to do more books as well as more podcasts is this is, is it just are there enough stories coming in well I, I mean I hope so I mean I, I think in in terms of Stories, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we're in this kind of privileged position now that because the podcast feels like something people can trust as a as a receptacle for their stories, they send them, and we we get a lot of stories coming in now. And I, I love the fact that I think there are a lot of people out there who haven't known who to tell their story to before are coming forward. You know, I think there's a lot lot of people email me who haven't told their friends about it, and so, in some cases, haven't even told their partners about it. And yeah. so I think the idea that they have found a safe space to tell a story and to try and you know scratch an itch and explore something that's been troubling them. I, I think is 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 important. And actually, you know, um, you know, even the ones that don't end up on the podcast, you know, hope, hopefully, sort of just articulating them, saying them out loud, and you know, us kind of responding and, and chatting to people. I, I think hopefully that helps. You know, so so yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of stories coming in. I, I think any statistics about how many people believe in ghosts or how many people have seen a ghost, I feel. Are, are wrong because I feel like this is much more widespread than people think. I think there's a lot of people out there having ghost or UFO experiences 
and wanting to talk about it, wanting to ask questions about it, you know. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 I hope it will continue. I mean, certainly we've got, we've got a, a treasure trove of stories moving forward into kind of another podcast season and doing the telly series and, and yeah. that, that kind of thing. So, yeah. you, are you, are you, is, it the, is it a book tour you're doing this this autumn, or is it? Uh, no, it's not. It's it's a live kind of theatrical tour where we're, we're, I think we're doing like 42 dates around the country, going around to all is these theatres, and and it's um, it's bringing ghost stories to life on stage. You know, it's sort of channeling a little bit of a kind of woman in black spirit of you know bringing a ghost story to life, terrifyingly on stage. But you know, it's, it's new stories again, and it's um. Uh, you know, I, I will bring the life through kind of the amazing magic of theatre with lights and sound and projections and <laughs> my, my voice. And um, and then we'll have the experts on stage talking about the stories with me. And we'll also, um, you know, find out local stories to people wherever we're going and also hear the stories of people in the audience. So, I mean, it, it's a sort of hopefully a proper frightening, exciting night out in the theatre. Good. Well, we definitely we definitely. Go, go and see that. Uh, I mean, Danny's doing amazing work with this. Uh, the book is really uh, enjoyable. My, because I live in this old house, I'm sure we talked about this before, but uh, there's been a few sort of instances around here. But my most weird, the weirdest one is, um, and the kind of most vivid one was I saw a ghost of my son who isn't dead. So uh, <laughs> that was, that was weird. So that I can't really make sense of that. And I was in bed. But so, you know, it it might have been a dream, but it was so I mean, it was a dream, but it was so vivid and unusual for me because I can't um, uh, in in I have got aphantasia. So in daytime, I can't I can't visualize stuff uh, in dreams. I can visualize stuff. So okay. you know, that makes that makes it a dream. But um, uh, but my son, you know, I, I woke up, my son came into the room that didn't say anything. And it was like really absolutely clear. Then he sort of stood with his back to me. Um, close by and I was going Andy what's going on what's going on and I reached out to tap him on the shoulder make him turn around and my hand just went through him oh my god uh, and uh, and then I kind of realized it wasn't real but I don't feel like I woke up I kind of feel like I was awake yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that my son then he obviously disappeared when my hand went through him and I obviously I thought fuck my son's <laughs> died and i've just oh seen his oh so, so i had to go back and uh check him and he was fine unless you know unless there was two of them and i didn't know but it was oh it was God. it was it was so real it was so vivid and real that it that it's and that's very hard to explain beyond i'm mental and uh i was asleep <laughs> the, the um the standing with the back to you is the really creepy yeah. details. that's very blair yeah. witch um it is it was but- it was it was odd but I think, you know, in, in a way you kind of hit, you know, the, the nail on the head there about the nature of these experiences that they are, they're so terrifying in themselves that, you know, whether it is a ghost or not, in a way, <laughs> doesn't matter to you because, it you know, you'll never forget that. That will, that will stay with you kind of burnt into yeah. your brain forever, you know. But, um, but then, you know, I mean, you know, when you have that, I mean, that, that's with your son who is alive and sleeping in the next room. But when you have, have that with somebody that you have lost, you know, yeah. that takes on a whole kind of another level of profundity. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, look, it's uh, I, I do recommend this book. It, you'll uh, you'll whiz through it uh, as I did. Uh, uh, so do buy it in Into the Uncanny, Danny Robbins. Uh, I presume there's an audio book as well, Danny. Have you done there is, yeah, read read by me. A few people yeah. have asked, "Is it read by you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> 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 no, 
Giving it over to uh, you, know. you could have got a very spooky <laughs> yeah. Vincent Price. Leon Morrissey's running, running done it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can say it. it's so written in your voice as well, and you know, like I say, the the, the silly jokes and the you know the silly footnotes are so much in your voice that it would have to be. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I ask everyone this, but are you reading uh, anything else, and that that uh, that you would like to recommend? Are you a big reader outside of uh, your? You, you know, I'm somebody who normally spectacularly fails to read and fails to finish books, but I've actually gone for a purple period. I've just been on holiday and I have read quite a bit whilst away. And the, the book that really blew me away was Slow Horses by Mick Heron, which um, okay. has kind of, I, I guess, slipped into vogue now because of the TV series um, by our old mate Will Smith, the comedian who oh, um, yes, yeah. uh, wrote and directed it, you know, which is on Apple TV starring Gary Oldman. I've not seen the TV series, but the, the, the book is this spy thriller that, that's kind of you know people talk about it being like a sort of modern day successor to John le Carre um it's set in 2010 and it's um it's about this kind of group of failures at MI5 the people who have screwed up over the years so the, the guy who left the um the disc full of um you know classified information on a tube train you know the, the, the drunks the kind of people who've failed, you know, people who've failed in very spectacular ways. And it's their little unit and about how they get drawn into an actual case and have to kind of solve it and redeem themselves. And it's just brilliant. And what he, what he does so cleverly is that you, um, you're reading for a while and you're kind of going, this doesn't quite make sense. I don't, I don't quite get why, why has this character got a burnt hand? Has it been mentioned earlier? And you're flicking back and you're going, well, where's the burnt hand? And, and then, you know, then it makes sense of it a few pages on. You go, like, oh, brilliant, genius. I see how you've done it. And I, I just love that, you know, it's not, you know, he doesn't just lay everything out easily in a sort of linear way. You you have to be a bit of a detective hunting for the clues. So I really, really, really enjoyed that. And I, and I feel that I will probably voraciously work my way through Mick Heron's catalogue as a, as a result of that. Um, but, I mean, the other two books that I find myself recommending quite a bit to ghost fans um you know if you, if you are interested in the paranormal is um a natural history of ghosts by roger clark which is a brilliant kind of um scholarly yet kind of really readable and and engrossing work on the history of ghosts basically and, and kind of the history of ghost beliefs kind of stretching back and, and many kind of famous cases over the years but trying to make sense of it as a kind of cultural and social phenomenon and um and then the other book is is will store versus the supernatural um will store is a journalist um who's written many things over the years but he basically you know a bit like i do in the book uh, you know he went off on a sort of quest to try and make sense of the supernatural and it's a it's a book that i read many many years ago and certainly kind of was an inspiration and um you know and it's a, it's another great read so i think you know obviously don't buy any of those books before you buy mine you know <laughs> yes buy, buy my book read my book and then you know if you want more ghosts then go out and read those that's fantastic um and i should say the i mean the great thing about the about your book is you don't have to have listened to any of your podcasts i mean i think you if you there's a little bit of uh, you know if you do listen to podcasts you will recognize some stuff i guess but uh, you know a tone and stuff but you don't need to have read listen to the podcast do listen to the podcast as well uh, but equally, if you have listened to the podcast, this is all pretty much all new information. So it's, it's yeah, again, yeah. You straddle both those worlds very. No, no. I, I think I, I think you know that's was important to me. You don't want to write something that's just for the insiders. You know, something that only makes sense if you've heard the pod. I think this is this is for everyone. I, I'd like, I'd love to think that you know people would read this on their sun lounger on the beach <laughs> next summer, or you know, you, you read it on on your commute to work or whatever. I, I think it's um, you know, I, I I wanted to write something 
that was a non-fiction factual book that felt as gripping as you know any kind of crime thriller page turner you know I wanted to kind of treat a subject that to me feels you know incredibly exciting and full of cliffhangers these ghost stories and and give it that kind of treatment I think yeah well it's very artfully done and uh you know try and come up with some answers to this stuff beyond everyone in the stories is a lying craziness. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think they're lying. I think that's, I think that's, uh, you know, I mean, you can't be sure that they're all not lying, but I, I think, I think, as you say, there's, there's, a, there's the people believe the stories is, is what's interesting about it. Yeah, it's it's the whites of the eyes, isn't it? I mean, I think yeah. somebody asked me the other day, like, how do you make sure that nobody's hoaxing you? And, and you know, it's obviously impossible. There's no kind of foolproof thing when you have complete strangers approaching you. I mean, you know, you can do all the background checks in the world and we do that. But, you know, somebody could still be this incredibly, you know, clever con man you know it, you know just because you, you you do a normal job doesn't mean you couldn't kind of fabricate a story but so it comes down to instinct really and you're kind of looking in the whites of people's eyes you're you're kind of um talking to this person spending several hours with them or several days with them in some cases and um and then you're kind of cross-checking it and speaking to other people other witnesses around it and you know i i i have to stake my reputation on each one of these cases you know because yeah. uncanny would fall apart if any of these things were fake or these people were making stuff up you know and um and I, I, I do stake my reputation on that. And I, I think in each of these cases, the person is telling the truth, what they believe the truth is. And, and I, I don't believe they have any mental health issues that, that explain or factor into these cases, you know. So I, I think, you know, that they are that kind of, you know, the, 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 if you look at the old M.R. James stories, those kind of classic ghost stories, they are that kind of sane and rational person who has the <laughs> extraordinary experience. And what a tragic con man they would be if they... <laughs> If they put their efforts into just fooling you, Danny, and that was good. <laughs> I, I, went, I went on a podcast and I made a man think I'd seen a ghost uh, for no reward. <laughs> so I, 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 just, I might do it. I'm I died ten years ten years ago today, and I'm just going to disappear. <laughs> um, look, it's really lovely to talk to you. Congratulations on uh, the book and on everything you're doing. It's it's so great to see this turning into uh, such a, a, a fantastic career for you, which is uh, uh, it's uh, well deserved. Uh, and thank you for talking to us on the podcast. Um, thank, thank you, thank you, Danny thank Robbins. You. Absolute pleasure. A pleasure. And thank thank you also, of course, to Chris Evans, not that one, and Ben Evans, not that one, for all the work they're doing. We'll be back with more of these very soon. Woo! I'm a I'm a ghost. Woo! <laughs> This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening. Do come and see me on tour. RichardHerring.com slash gigs is the easiest way to find out where I'm going. And GoFasterStripe.com. You can buy books and downloads. And just tell your friends about the podcast. If you can't make it to the tour show, if you don't want to buy any products, then every time you listen to an advert, you're helping us make more podcasts with a very, very tiny micro payment. So thank you very much for that. I love you all. It's lovely to meet you on tour, by the way. Hello to everyone who's said hello so far. I do come and say hello after the show. If you if enjoyed it, if you want to see me, that'd be nice. You can get a selfie. I don't care. I'm a selfie whore. All right, see you soon.